Welcome to Wisdom Inspired, a podcast designed to help high achievers to eliminate burnout and overwhelm. Now let's prepare to open our hearts, our minds, and our notebooks to receive today's wisdom. So today's topic this morning is His Way, Not Your Way. His Way, Not Your Way. So we have looked at um, the Lord's Supper, I like to say the inaugural place of where it came in, and we've also discussed a little bit about where it came from or its reflection in the Old Testament being the Passover when the Israelites were, um, you know, brought out of bondage because of that particular night, which was one of the, I guess, the last plague that hit Egypt was when all of the firstborn were going to be uh, killed on that day, and they were instructed on what to do. They had to take this specific lamb. Hopefully you had a chance to go read the story for yourself. It's in Exodus um, chapter 12. But just a summation, they were instructed that they needed to take this lamb, you know, basically examine it and all of those instructions, and then put it over their doorpost. There was uh, an active participation that they had to have in ensuring that they would be covered and protected. And as I was reading a commentary, never really heard this part brought out of it, but it does make sense, right, Um, that the reasons they had to do that, right, you would think the Israelites, because they were the chosen people, why would they have to even protect themselves? Why did they have to take an action to put this blood on their doorpost? Well, because they were sinners too, just like Egypt. They weren't exempt from it. Right there, there was a bounty on them as well, and that was because they were even charged with worshiping other gods while they were in Egypt. They were, they had committed idolatry, right? So they weren't exempt from it. And so God's wrath, His judgment to kill the firstborn included theirs. <laughs> so that was the reason they had to be active in doing this. Right, and I'm str- I'm going somewhere, so y'all stay with me. They had to do as they were instructed, and it is important, and we see it in the New Testament because Christ- Jesus tells them the same thing. He said, "Do this in remembrance of me." There's an action that we have to take, right, in order for this to be applied to our lives. He's provided everything. He ratifies the covenant. He provides the lamb. He does all of the work up to the point where we have to become involved, right? Because we are free will beings, right? God cannot make the choice for us. We're not robots. He can ignite in us through his spirit certain things so we can understand and receive, but ultimately the choice is ours. And you might say that's where the phrase blind faith comes from because we have to be willing to be blind by our flesh, right, in our flesh, blinded, and open our sight to the Spirit to follow him, right? We have to do it his way, not our way, because even in the Old Testament through the Passover and even when the Lord's Supper was done at the Passover feast, you see the instructions were given specifically his way, how you are to follow his way and not choose your own way. But prior to the Passover in John, 
Jesus actually, and we covered this in John chapter 6, verses 53 through 58, Jesus gives them a prerequisite to what he was going to do at the Lord's Supper. And he basically tells them ahead of time, giving them this insight. But I like to say not so much giving the insight, it's issuing the challenge. So when they hear it again, it doesn't sound strange. He's planting the seed. So he says, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead, but uh, he who eats this bread will live forever. So I read this today from the New King James, but yesterday I read it from the Amplified. So if you see right here in John 6, Jesus is giving them this He's planting the seed in their minds of what he's going to instruct them to do later on at the supper, right, after all that takes place. So further down, you go to the next verse in chapter 6, um, verse 60 in the same chapter, you are going to see the reaction of his disciples. And he's not just talking about the 12 here. Right, because he's in a synagogue in Capernaum when he's making this statement, right? When he says these things. So there's more than just the twelve that are there, but the twelve are included. And he says the the disciples say when they hear him say this, this is hard saying. Who can understand it? So I want to read that also coming from the Amplified. It says, This is hard and difficult and strange saying an offensive and an unbearable message. Who can be expected to listen to such a teaching? Verse 61 in the Amplified, it says, But Jesus, knowing within himself that his disciples were complaining and protesting and grumbling about it, said to them, Is this a stumbling block and an offense to you? Does this upset and displease and shock and scandalize you. Oh, I just so love him. Um, so he challenged them and questioned, so what are you, what's the problem? Because you're my disciples, right? You're following me. You're supposed to be doing things my way. So why are we having a problem here? Why, what, what's the challenge? What, is this because now I've offended you? I'm scandalizing you? Have I challenged your culture? Right? Because you have to understand some of them came from different cultures where you weren't supposed to do things with blood and all of this stuff. Right? They, you, that's not heard of. Right? So he's immediately questioning in a way that is supposed to enlighten them if they have been enabled by the Spirit to hear what he says. He goes on further in verse 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. He is the life giver. The flesh, the thing that has you complaining and grumbling and not able, choosing to be offended by me, profits you nothing. He says the words or truth that I have been speaking to you are spirit and life. But still, some of you fail to believe and trust and have faith. 
right? For Jesus knew from the first who did not believe and had no faith and who would betray him and be false to him. He continues in verse 65 and says, and he said, this is why I told you that no one can come to me. No one can receive what I'm saying out of my mouth unless it is granted him, unless he is enabled to do so by the Father. You got to do it his way. You can be enticed by my words, hear me, love the crowds, be where all the experience seems to be happening. Even call yourself a follower. But if your spirit has not been enabled to receive the bread, the word of God, to enlighten you and illuminate within you what he's saying to give you the revelation, you can't receive it. You're going to be hard-hearted. You're going to be unable to embrace it. You're going to choose your way. You're going to want to take Jesus. You're going to want to take the gospel and deliver it to the people your way. You want me to prove it to you? We're going to go on to chapter 7. In chapter 7, you're going to see that because they continued to reject him, they were offended by what he said, but they still were in, they were excited because he drew crowds, right? He, he, he drew people around him. And it says that after these things, he walks to Galilee, for he did not want to walk in Judea because the Jews sought to kill him. But here, 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 here's what the people who follow him do, his disciples, including his brothers, his blood. It says, now the Jews' feast of tabernacles was at hand. His brothers therefore said to him, depart from here and let's go into Judea, that your disciples also may see the works that you were doing. See, they was trying to manipulate Jesus. They, they was trying to hit that point like, you know you got a following, your disciples, the people need to see you, right? So but, but what they were really doing was trying to conform him to their way of doing things. He says, because he said, your disciples also may see the works that you are doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, Show yourself to the world. They're trying to conform him to the world's way. It says put yourself on display. Put yourself on this platform so people can see you. For even his brothers did not believe in him. So where am I going with this? Jesus had just told them, I already know y'all don't believe me because many of y'all have not been enabled to believe me. And that's okay. But we see here that the next thing that we attempt to do when we're offended by the word God reveals to us is we start to try to change it to fit the sin we want to stay in. See, they were offended by him. But instead of them inquiring themselves or examining why were we offended if we say he's the Messiah, if we've chosen to follow him, why are we offended by the words that are now rising up in us? Why, why are we offended? Why is it becoming a stumbling block? No, they chose to say, okay, well, maybe he just ain't got it right. Let us conform him to our way of doing things because, see, other people, because you was just offended by what he said, but you're going to come later and say other people need to hear what he just said. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I got to be careful. We do some strange things. Because in this place, 
You are now choosing to still be offended by his words, but you want to dress it up in a way that if there's more people listening, then it may not be about you. It might be about somebody else. It, oh, that don't apply to me. That part is over there to you. But it resonated with you. You know why it resonated? Because it offended you, right? It, it struck a nerve in you, so it is for you. But your goal is to deflect and say, well, maybe other disciples need to hear and see the works you are doing. They don't really need to hear all the stuff you say. They just need to see the miracles you perform. We need to put you on stage. We need to put you on a show, turn you into a traveling road show, right, so that you can get up and perform for people. But this was all to take away from the substance of the bread, the bread of life that he was delivering to them, the word that he was giving them, the instructions that he was clearly laying forth to them for them to possess the abundance life in this earth that they desire because he said you got to first apply eternal principles to your life, right? We see right here that he told them, here is my way and this is what I must do. In verse 6 of chapter 7, Jesus says to them, my time has not come yet, but your time is always ready. The world cannot hate you, but it hates me. Because I testify of it that its works are evil. You go up to this feast. I am not yet going up to the feast. For my time has not yet fully come. So we see right here he stood his ground. He said, you go. They don't hate you because you one of them. Right? You got to read between the lines. He already said, I already know y'all don't even believe me. So you go. Because them your people, they, they waiting to hear and used to you conforming and doing and, and dancing a jig for them. He said, no, my time ain't come yet for them to see me. Because when they see me, it's not going to be what you thinking. I'm going to be on full display as the savior of the world. It's not going to look pretty. People ain't going to like the signs that they're going to see. They're not going to be able to understand. Some will get saved, but some still going to die in their mess because the show I'm going to put on. You can't even be up there with me because you're going to fall off, right? He said, it's your time. You go. You, it, it's always ready. They're always ready for you because you're one of them. So we have to be mindful that we are going to follow God's way, his way, not following his way the way we want to. We've got to apply by faith his instruments for possessing the eternal life that he has given us. We have to understand that our abundant life here on earth is a byproduct of our eternal life with him, through our right standing with God through Jesus Christ. We have to be able to be willing to stand in that and not start to adjust the word and want to change it when we get offended. Because the offense, it's just an idea. It's a resonation that something in you needs to be corrected. He wasn't telling them they were wrong. He was giving them instructions. And because they bought into their way of doing things more than they believed in his way, they were choosing to be offended rather than inquiring of help us to understand more. Right? But that's okay. Because they, they continue because the God we have is 
such a seeking God. He seeks after us continually through things in our lives to get us to open our hearts to him because our, his spirit is in us. But we have to be sure we're feeding on the right thing so that our spirit man can form, so that we can be more in tune with his guidance and his corrections through the Holy Spirit, so that we're not choosing to willfully and deliberately decide to reject what he's saying to us. That's what unbelief is. This is not having this image and memory in your mind and just saying, oh, yes, this dream, I believe in it. No, belief is about making a deliberate decision to believe God's word by faith. Even when you can't see what he's doing, you have to make a deliberate decision. You have to do this in remembrance of me. You've got to be active in executing what I said, when I said it, and how I said it. That is what makes you a follower of me. He didn't say be perfect at it. All I said was do it. All you got to do is do what he said, his way, not trying to conform it, not trying to put it on display so other people can see that God has blessed you tremendously or that you've gotten abundant life. No, he just say, are you doing what I asked you to do? Are you willing to follow my way? Are you willing to do it when nobody can see you? Are you willing to do it when all you have is your faith? Are you willing to be the player in a basketball game that will move without the ball so that you can see the play unfold? Because many of us want to be the point guard, but all of us ain't built to be the point guard. We got to know how to move in position without the ball to be effective to the play that God is running at this time. So you have to decide, will you do it his way, or will you keep trying to take his word and make it work your way? So I hope today's wisdom has inspired and encouraged you and challenged you, right, to look at when you get offended by the word that God has spoken to you. Will you choose to get a better understanding of his way, or will you choose to be offended and stay stuck where you are? Thank you for joining us today here on Wisdom Inspired. You guys have a great and wonderful day, and we'll meet you back on the line tomorrow. I hope you enjoyed the episode of Wisdom Inspired that was brought to you by the AAC Coworking Community, a virtual community designed to support female entrepreneurs, business owners, and freelance professionals. For more, go to wisdominspired.net.